Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, the vaccine rollout, obviously, on a lot of minds at the moment, and especially the order of priority when it comes to getting it. And there's a group that feels they've been forgotten in this conversation, and they are carers. And we have local carer Jessica Bennett and Catherine Cox, who's Head of Communications and Policy at Family Carers Ireland on the line, to chat to us a bit more. And you are both very welcome indeed. Um, Jessica, tell us a little bit about your story and who you're caring for. Hi, Joe. I'm caring for uh, three children with special needs. Now, two of my children are a young adult and my other little daughter is 13 years of age. So it started there a couple of weeks ago for ourselves. My daughter, Neve, 20. Uh, She was a close contact of someone with COVID. So we had to isolate for the two weeks at home, which was pretty hard in itself, you know. And what happened is we got to day eight or nine of isolating Neve and she took a very bad turn. She had a negative test after day seven, and we realised then that she was positive, and she took a very bad turn, so we approached the Limerick doctor, and he said to us to have her tested again. But within 24 hours, Neve um, had significant breathing difficulties. She was very, very unwell in herself. We couldn't break the high temperature. So we ended up in the regional hospital for seven days. Very frightening, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Well, what frightened me as well, Joe, is I have four kids in total, two others with special needs at home that don't fully understand about, you know, all of this sanitising and everything else. Now, lucky to God, I had a family member to come in to help me at home because I had to spend seven days in the regional hospital with Neve. Now, at at that stage, we weren't sure was there anyone else, in fact, infected in the house. So everybody was tested and they were tested negative. Now, I spent the seven days, which was horrible in itself, you know, above in the COVID world. And honest to God, it would send chills from what you could see inside those four walls. Yeah, it's interesting because we had Larkin Murray on the RT broadcaster a couple of weeks ago and he had COVID and he was talking about his experience in mm-hmm. the COVID ward and he said while his treatment was excellent, it was not a pleasant experience to be in there and see how sick some people were. Yeah, correct. They they looked after my daughter very, very well. But my first stumbling block was when we were in the A&E department. My daughter, I was asked to leave her there on her own now, Neve is 20 years of age, maybe have the mindset of a nine or a 10 year old. And she's significant challenges with behaviour and mental health as well. Now, there's no way in hell, Joe, I could have left that young lady there on her own. She wouldn't have coped. She wouldn't have managed. Ourselves, we would be frightened, let alone a child like Neve. So I had to rally around and get a letter from Brothers of Charity, staff that work with her, to help make sure that I could come up onto the ward with Neve. Now I did in fairness and we, they did allow me in eventually but what happened then is I realised that I had no access to PPE gear all I had was a basic mask going in there and nor was I offered that nor was there hand sanitizer in the room for me to use now I was dealing with the worst of everything with Neve, caring for her washing her, 
change in her when she was sick. And, and did you ask for that? I, I did ask for PPE gear, but the, it wasn't available to me. And, and the other bits and pieces, did, did they give them to you at some point? I had I had it myself in the bag. You so had it yourself I in the bag, prepared, okay. Yeah. But, but I mean, obviously, now, your big fear you're anyway, and, and then on top of all the caring that you're trying to do, was mm-hmm. that you might get it as well. Well, we were in there for the about six days, and they came along and they said to me that I needed to have a test done. Now, that was about eight o'clock on day six. We were being released on day seven. I asked them, you know, realistically, would we have the test results back before we go home so I'd know whether I'm positive or negative because I have to care for the rest of my family when I come home. So they said they couldn't guarantee that. So I already had pre-booked a test for the following morning for when we were coming out. And I self-isolated until I got the results of that, which I was shocked, Joe, I was negative. Yeah, you were surprised, of course, that you that you were. And by the way, how has Neve been getting on on her journey through COVID now? Uh, she's a lot better now, Joe. She's a lot better. She's up and about. We took a spin out in the car yesterday, which was amazing, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're chatting to Jessica Bennett. A really interesting story there. And Catherine Cox, as I mentioned, is head of communications and policy at Family Carers Ireland. Well, you could hardly make the case any better than it's been made by someone at the cold face like uh, Jessica as to why you'd like to see carers pushed up the order of priority for vaccination. Uh, indeed, Joe. And hi, Jessica. Hi. Um, Look, no doubt about it. And we've said this from the very beginning. Like family carers were, they were cast aside, ignored for PPE equipment, which Jessica mentioned there. They were ignored when it came to priority testing and now again being ignored for vaccinations. And it's not even about pushing carers up the list. They're not actually on the priority list. So basically, most carers will get it the very end. I think it's priority 15. So look, it's such a simple message. Family carers are caring for vulnerable people, whether that's children, adults or older people. We really just want to keep the family carers safe and protected so they can continue caring. Um, And in Jessica's case as well, because she's also caring for younger children, younger children under the age of 16 are not getting vaccinated themselves. So as well as keeping Jessica safe... And and that's to do with the science around this, isn't it? And the fact that they they haven't been guaranteed that the vaccine can be used uh, safely on children yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's even more the reason why you would want to keep the family carer vaccinated and protected so that people like Jessica all over the country can continue caring for their loved ones. 500,000 carers across the country and a figure that we keep using, they're saving the state 20 billion euro every year. And government in their programme for government, they say family carers are the backbone of care provision in Ireland. Right, because yes, of course it would have to fall back again. on the state. That's the point if, if there weren't a vision. The, yeah, and the cost to the state. What happens if the carer gets COVID, whether they're caring for an older person or a younger person? Like in Jessica's case, imagine Neve going in there and if Jessica hadn't been able to go in with her. You know, a child like that who is very vulnerable mentally, intellectually, um, you know, to be left on their own in hospitals which are already overcrowded, residential settings and respite beds have been closed down in most cases. So what happens if the carer gets COVID? Where does their loved one go? The only thing I'd say about that, Catherine, you know, and this is the response that you get from ministers when they're asked this question about moving people up and down the priority list. The argument being everyone and every group 
probably has a good case to make. But of course, you can't put everyone to the top of it. You can't, and we're not asking to go to the top of it. What we're saying is that family carers, there were three groups where family carers would have fit. They would have fit in frontline workers because many of them are doing the same work at many hospitals literally in their own homes. So they would have fit in category two. They would have fit in category four or category six, which is key workers or other healthcare workers, not on frontline as in hospitals. So, so family carers are providing intensive care for people with high um, needs. You know, so so they fit absolutely in one of those. And now what we've heard is that paid care workers are getting vaccinated, which is fine and we would have supported that. But unpaid care workers, which is family carers, are not. So I would argue that that is discrimination. And I know many, many family carers are saying if they don't get the vaccination, they will have to look at is there a legal route here for them? Because it is so important that they keep their loved ones safe. In fact, you know, family carers are the ones that are going to be bringing most likely the people to get their vaccination as well. So they're key in the rollout of the vaccination as well. And Jessica, do you know anybody who has had the vaccine so far? I've no, I know one or two friends that have had the vaccine. Uh, there would be older people now in the older category. And what would they have said to you about it and the experience of it and all of that? Well, they've had a very positive experience, you know. They haven't been any way sick or, you know, they're more positive in themselves, you know, where it comes to COVID. Right, so, so you're absolutely diabetes. up for it. You You want the vaccine as soon as you can get it. Well, the way I look at it, Joe, like Catherine said there, I have three other children here in the house. If I get COVID and if I'm taken down in the state of action as new was, who's going to step in here? Where's my kids going to go? Do you know? Who's going to help with the fallout of that? There is no contingency plan from HSC. You know, they're very good back up on the phone and they were very good, you know, for moral support. But there is no actual plan for families like ourselves. Right. Okay. Well, listen, Jessica Bennett, thank you very much for telling us about your story on the ground here in Limerick and also Catherine Cox, who's Head of Communications and Policy with Family Carers Ireland. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.